I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Here's what you did a great job of this week. I was feeling very, very low. I was traveling for work. I was just not feeling good. I was feeling very lonely. You called me and you gave me gossip. The gossip was about a genuinely bad thing that had happened to a person. It filled me with so much delight (laughs) That it cleansed me. Give you a little gas in your tank. Oh, but it didn't feel like gas in my tank. It felt like um heroin. Do you not think the gossip had more of an amphetamine-like quality to it? It got you very energised. It oh, wasn't like um, what I understand heroin to be like from the film Trainspotting. Right, you're right. If I got over my um, my emetophobia, mm-hmm. I would maybe do heroin once. It just feels grubby to me. Doesn't doesn't seem like there's a non-grubby way of doing it. No. What if you could dissolve it in some water like a Barocca? Heroin? Yes. Okay, you take a heroin. And you pop you, it in a glass of water. It fizzes it. up. Uh-huh. Maybe it's got some orange flavouring in it. No. No, okay, I'm not going to do it ever. I don't think so. <laughs> because now I understand that even as a Barocca option, I'm not going to go for it. <laughs> Let's say who we're talking to later. Okay. This week, we are talking to Jamali Maddox. He is a regular, a series regular on Nevermind the Buzzcocks right now. We both really, 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 really rate him. I think he is as formidable an onstage presence as I have seen. And you came downstairs this morning. You're like, what? What's what's wrong? And what was wrong was I'd watched uh, like an Instagram reel that he put up of, of a new joke, I think. And it was so good. And I was just sat there feeling shitty about myself because of how good I thought this bit was that he had. Um, So he's wonderful. And he said he would talk to us. So the genuinely brilliant Jamali Maddox will be coming up later. So for my quick watch this week, I I decided on Somebody Somewhere almost entirely because it stars Bridget Everett. Now, will people know who she is? I bet plenty of people will. She is... A comedian. She was at Soho Theatre like seven years ago, thrashing her tits around. And it was just one of the craziest and funniest things I've ever seen. And I think she's an amazing performer in anything I've ever seen her do. She was also one of Maria Bamford's friends in the sitcom Lady Dynamite on Netflix, which we both loved. But she also, she she's, I know she's done some films before and she dips her toe in the water of serious actings. And I was like, all right, let's give this a go. When I clicked on it, it said poignant 
comedy. And yet you still press play. And I feel that poignant comedy is just an excuse to not be funny enough. Call it a drama and give us some funny moments. Yeah. And then we'll be surprised by them and think, oh, this this drama is quite funny. It's, it's Instead a- of thinking... Oh, God, this comedy. When will they stop with the poignancy? Start getting it funnier. I think if somebody is a great comic performer, let me see that on screen. I'm not saying that everybody has to be like Kramer in Seinfeld. No, in fact, I never found Kramer that funny. Yeah, but if somebody is is funny and big in that way, let's see it. And then at some point, give us the surprise that they can also act. Yes. Is it an arid environment? What are we talking here? It's Kansas. Do we feel Kansas is arid? Is no. It? I saw some trees. That means not arid, right? So it doesn't look like the Wizard of Oz, because that, that's definitely an arid environment. Oh, no. It feels like, I assumed she was in Ohio. Uh-huh. And then it said Kansas. The idea basically is that sure, her sister, who she was very close to, has died like a year earlier. So she's back in her hometown, grieving the death of her sister and figuring out what she's doing with her life. And she starts to find her gang, her chosen family. And I'm liking the pace of it. And I think she's so amazing that I'll probably stick around for another couple episodes. Is it a show that we should be welcoming into our marriage? I think your back gets up so much in the face of comedy that doesn't feel funny enough to you. There was a scene that I enjoyed very much in the first episode because what happens is she goes to meet a friend for brunch. Do you know what this guy has done, her friend? He's brought two additional people without telling her. Oh, it's the worst. Why do people think it's okay to introduce somebody else into an interaction? No one wants to meet your extra friends. No. It is inexcusable. I'm pleased for you that you've got friends. I just don't want them to be bolted onto the time we're having together. When people say things like, do you guys want to come over? We could do like a, a lunch and da, 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 And you go, oh, yeah, okay, fine. And then like, oh, by the way, um, Johnny's friend from work and his family will be there as well. We're the like, worst. Bait and switch. That's a classic bait and switch. We immediately are like, we got to find a way to fucking cancel on yes. this. They're trying to two birds, one stone yes. their fucking social situation. Yes. And then I wind up fucking small talking over here about something I don't give a shit about. That is the problem. Don't add people on to a social engagement and think it will be fun to someone to say, oh, by the way, I know we said drinks at seven on Wednesday. Um, My friend from uni is visiting. She might come along. No. no. She is not my problem. She's not my problem and she's not my opportunity either. No. <laughs> so there was something about that uh, observation and I like the feel of it. And I remain... Like, I think tonight, when I happen to be in and I think you're going to be working, I might revisit it, which is the sign of, I believe in you, somebody somewhere. My quick watch. You know, I'm always I'm always scouring the internet for something to watch. Always scouring around. W- one of the things on my TV watching reconnaissance is the New York Times. Ah. And they suggested a show. It's a couple of years old. It's a Swedish show called Love and Anarchy. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, this is light, like a featherlight Durex. Okay. We meet the lead character, Sophie. Late 30s, she's got it all. She's got a nice house, handsome husband, kids. She is a career woman, and we know this because she says to her husband over breakfast, don't forget, I'm starting the new job today, so maybe I'll be home at six, which is some of the worst exposition. Exposition! What a show. You would never say that. No. Another fact about her, she is sexually frustrated. We know this because she keeps sneaking off to masturbate. She's masturbating in the bathroom (laughs) while uh, a, a family are having breakfast. Oh, no. Oh. She's masturbating in the workplace. Oh, no. This is making her so more mentally ill than I think the character is supposed to be. Can I say something really mm. fast? I feel like women who cannot control themselves except to start jerking off are a bit overrepresented in the media. <laughs> I think 
for a long time, female masturbation was this taboo. And then something felt empowering about having a woman masturbate on screen. At this point, maybe we should take the same approach as we do to seeing men masturbate. The only version of that that I've seen that didn't sort of annoy me is an I hate Susie. There's this, I would say, almost symphonic. Yes. Is that a word? Yes. But but the point is, is that it, it wasn't about... I can't stop mass. It was like pain. And that felt real. But I just don't know about women in middle age or approaching middle age who can't stop jerking off all the time. She also seems to like to masturbate whilst upright more often than not. Well, that I don't know about. If I can take the weight off, I will in any given situation, including that particular activity. Take a load off, Annie. So Sophie's got a new job. She's going to shake it up and she is not afraid of busting balls. On her first date, she yells at the boy who works in the IT department, probably 20, 21, extremely good looking, model good looks, Uh which I think is interesting casting for an IT department. Do you think that an IT department is, is maybe unique in that? Most jobs, if you're extremely attractive, you'll rise through the ranks quicker. I think in an IT department, if somebody looked like a model, they, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't yeah, yeah. let them in. They wouldn't let you in. Yeah, 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 that's true. But back to Sophie. She's taking this job seriously. She stays late at work on her own. Everyone's gone home. What does she like to do? Masturbate. Who comes back? The 20-year-olds. Sees her, takes a photo. No. But you get into like a Cold War situation because he's taken a photo of her, which isn't great behaviour. So this dynamic is established. But hold on. She's masturbating openly at work. He, he didn't need to take a photo of it. No, he shouldn't have done that. You get this interesting standoff now. Yeah. Where he's got something over her. She's got something over him. And a dynamic starts to play out. Is it sexual? Is it not sexual? Ooh. Where they're kind of daring each other to do oh. more extreme things in the workplace. Oh my God. Do you want to do that in our in our bedroom routine? <laughs> when I hear that, I just think candle wax and I don't want to do that. No, me neither. A very low pain threshold. Yeah. Um, and this is all against the backdrop of this publishing company. And the show it reminds me the most of is Call My Agent. Oh, interesting. The, the French show, which is set inside a talent agency. Well, what a roller coaster of emotion I've been on because everything in your setup made me be like, this sounds kind of like a piece of shit. Shit. But then once you got into the plot twist of it, this does sound interesting to me. What is it called? Love and Anarchy? Love and Anarchy. Set in Stockholm. Does it feel like one of the additional characters of the show? <laughs> so annoying when people say that, but I completely get it. That's what was fun about Call My Agent. Is it like Paris was a whole other character in the show? Yeah. And it's not quite as fun as Call My Agent, but it, it definitely lives in the same box. We'd love to hear from you. Do you think we should be asking people to contribute data so we can get some kind of graph to chart the prevalence of compulsive female masturbation on screen? The way you started that sentence, it made me think that you were asking us to ask women if they compulsively masturbate. I don't want to put that pressure on them. I, I don't want to know. But, you you but, probably do want to know. Well, no, no, no. What I, All that I would want is that if that is an issue that you've had. If you need a safe space and you want to write in to me, Sarita Chiquita, and say, sir, I have been obsessively masturbating. Please don't shame me. Do you have any suggestions for help? I'm a safe place for you to share that story. But more realistically, can you confirm this for me? We put this on screen a lot and it does not happen in life a lot. And is there an upward trend? Mm -hmm. 
Or is it levelled off? Or is it the same as it ever was? Same as it ever was. Oh, also, I wondered if we could ask you for workplaces that are overrepresented on television. So I was saying that shows mm-hmm. in uh, a publishing house. I think we see inside far too many publishers. Anything that like has to magazines. do with media. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are always overrepresented. Um, are there jobs like the IT department where TV portrayals of them are too good looking versus the reality? I mean, this is a mean one because it's getting us to all be like, this is just generally an unattractive group of people. But yeah, that's good. Maybe not just about looks, but um, overly glamorized portrayals of jobs on TV. Mm, I don't think that one's as good. Okay. Just being honest with you. Oh, more examples of shows which suck the funny out of very funny cast members. I didn't quite feel that's what happened with somebody somewhere at all. It's been getting very good reviews. No, no, but the thing I was trying to get at is somebody who's like so viscerally funny, you think they can't not be funny. Yes. And then turns out they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she is funny in this. She is. But is she it, is. But is it gently funny? No, I laughed out loud at a couple of things and I assume there are more to come. I haven't seen it. I'm basing all this prejudice on the use of the word poignant. I know, it's such a bad word. But but for all we know, that's like not a fair representation and some dum-dum was like, I'll describe it as poignant. And it's like, that's a fucking stupid word. I'll tell you what I liked, whatever Amy Schumer's dramedy was called. Yeah, that was pretty good. Life and Beth. Yeah, that was good. I think that's coming back. And of course, your recommendations. What should we be watching? What have we got wrong? What have we got right? What haven't we even seen that you have? And then you can share it with us. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. All right. Listen, guys. Listen, I got a new little handful of Patreon supporters all last week. Just these little smatterings came in. It made me so happy. I had a very fun experience this week as well, which is I did a gig and a fan of the pod came up to me. She was like, Sarah, hi, I love the pod. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so, this is so fun. And she was like, I like it. You know, she saw these things and she's like, oh, I, I, I'm not a member of the Patreon, but like, don't hate me. And I was like, oh no, no, it's fine. Like I would never join a Patreon. Fucking join it. I was being nice to you. <laughs> For real. Our fucking mortgage is doubling in November. Do you even give a shit about us? Our mortgage is doubling. What the fuck? I can't magic up money. Neither can he anymore. <laughs> Please join our Patreon. Our mortgage is doubling. Come on. Band together. Help us. I know, I know, I know. You see, I put these little clips up and you think our house looks nice and you think we got a lot of money. We don't. We're cash poor. Okay, we've got some (laughs) problems. It was a house we bought when Jeff was in a different financial position, okay? (laughs) I'm not saying that we deserve the ability to pull on your heartstrings the way someone else might, but I am saying... Our circumstance has changed. (laughs) Do you want me to not be able to go to Franco Manco when I want to? (laughs) Do you want me to have to be aware of how many times I eat out in a week? (laughs) No. I want you fuckers to join our Patreon so that when our mortgage fucking doubles... I don't want to amend my spending habits. That is not reasonable to expect that of me. I'm 44. We get accustomed to shit. I need to get my nails done. I need to get my roots done. I need my membership to the local leisure center. Give me a Patreon subscription. Subscribe. Enough of you do it. I can stay in the lifestyle that I'm still accustomed and pay my new mortgage. Here's our Patreon website. Patreon.com slash they like to watch. I think a lot of people would say page rather than website. What did I say? 
Here's our Patreon website. <laughs> Patreon.com stroke they like to watch. And coming up later, we're thrilled to have Jamali Maddox on the podcast. He is so funny. He is a series regular on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Do you know the meaning of that phrase? No. I know it's like a reference to a show that used to be on TV in Britain. Which was called Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Yeah, it's but a reboot, you know, But do right? you know what that was a reference to? No. The Buzzcocks are neighbours and they're gross or something? I don't know. There was a Sex Pistols album called Nevermind the Bollocks. Oh. But you can't call a TV show that. There was also a punk band or a post-punk band from Manchester called The Buzzcocks. Uh-huh. So it's called Nevermind the Buzzcocks. What is funny to me is that phrase has no connotations to you and you've never questioned it. Yeah, that reflects poorly on There's me. a show called Nevermind the Buzzcocks and you've never thought to think why. I've just thought it's like a reference to some British thing that I'm not that interested in. Let me go <laughs> Google Jesse Armstrong's wife one more time. Like, that's where I go to. Do you know what I mean? Our guest later is Jamali Maddox. Well, you ground me down. I did have to grind you down on this one. Because... Nothing wrong with a little bit of bump and grind. Oh, I used to really be able to do it. You know that I like auditioned to work at Coyote Ugly after dancing on the bar at a friend's birthday party and I'd like really suppressed that that had happened. So you were dancing on a bar and you thought, I could monetize this. You make fun of me as much as you want. It was much more impressive than that. It was a friend's 23rd birthday party. I am known for my funny but also sexual dancing. So all my friends were like, get on the bar, do it, do it, do it. So I did. And there was a talent scout from Coyote Ugly there. (laughs) And the bartender, one of the girls there, she was like, you're amazing. You should like come and audition. I swear to God, I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but that is what happened. And then as it turns out, I didn't, my personality didn't go that well with the other girls who worked there, but I did it. And I felt, I was like, this feels different than when my friends were (laughs) laughing at me. So grinding, you ground me down. I ground you down. I started to feel like the thing this week that was happening was the David Beckham documentary. But you feel not just uninterested in sport. I feel antagonized by it. You feel antagonized. And I thought, I'm fucking watching this David Beckham thing. So I did, and I finally convinced you. What swayed you? It was something to do with the amount of chatter there was around it. Mm -hmm. Plus the fact that it's directed by Fisher Stevens, who played Hugo in Succession. So interesting. And it's never quite explained that. He does a lot of the interviews off camera. And it's nice to hear his voice. I mean, I would have liked to have seen his uh, head as well. I don't know anything about sport. I can't follow a game at all. And I always want, I'm like, let me in. Tell me the story of the thing. So I was very interested to learn why David Beckham is David Beckham. Whereas I thought, and I would still do think ultimately, I'm not that interested in the story of his career, but I like seeing this very famous rich man pottering inside his house and being obsessive about cleaning and organising his wardrobe. Everything else I could get from a Wikipedia entry, but the bits where you see him and to uh, to some extent Victoria, who people might know as Easy V, doesn't come for free. <laughs> She's, She's a, a real, real lady. lady. That stuff is more interesting, how aware or not they are of the cameras. And how aware did you think they seemed of the cameras? I think they're both very aware of cameras. And I think that he tended to speak with authenticity and she drifted in and out of sound bites. So there's, there's one bit where she says, it was an absolute circus and everyone loves it when the circus comes to town, right? Unless you're in it. And it felt <laughs> like she'd been practising it in the mirror. Nobody talks like that. I loved it. Why? I didn't know anything about him. Any of the story points they covered about a red card and he kicked somebody and this, I didn't know any of that stuff. 
I liked learning about that. I don't understand football at all. So I like it when someone's like, this is why this person is the best at a thing. Now, this is something I'm unclear on. Is David Beckham the best at a thing? Or does he look like an Adonis and he's very good at a thing? Well, I, okay, I think... So there are certain people you, yeah. you hear spoke about, like Pele, Ronaldo, or um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And I think David Beckham is thought of as a great footballer, but I don't know that he's thought of as a genius. Okay, but if he's not, then he's like, he is an extraordinary athlete, right? Yes. Like, okay. So here's my question. Yeah. If David Beckham looked like Quasimodo... But, no. but was exactly the same football player. Would there be a documentary about him? No, but that's fine. It's interesting that he's that um, physically capable and that handsome. And it's got that thing that I just love, which is watching somebody look at footage of themselves when they were uh, younger. I, I, that's all I ever want to see in these things. I can't get enough of that. That alone is delightful. I'm very interested in his sister. When they're talking about his childhood, he he's clearly has a sister and the parents figured very heavily into the documentary. Where's the sister? Because either the fact that she didn't participate in this means that she's either like this like wonder human who's like, like this one of the, the like, one of the like, Osborns. Yeah, there's a normal Osborne, there's isn't there? Some Osborne who's like okay and has the wherewithal despite the family to be like I'm not fucking doing this with you insanity humans. <laughs> So does he have Do you know a sister? I once, um, I once interviewed Ozzy Osbourne. And you really liked him. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he's indecipherable. Sure. But he was very sweet-natured. Um, and I interviewed him at his country house in the UK. It is pristine. Yes. But it's pristine, like the sort of country hotel an old person would go to with doilies everywhere. And then <laughs> I got the impression Sharon hadn't been there in a long time and he was just left with a guy whose job it was to keep sober people sober and he bounces around different famous people and makes sure that Ozzy's got a singing lesson at nine and then he's got to do an interview at ten. That is so fucking Yeah. And this is I think is like why these things are great because you don't watch it wishing that you were David Beckham. I always like remembering that money doesn't solve all your problems. But wouldn't you like their money and their problems rather than our lack of money and our problems? No I wouldn't. I I, I would not. Really? I don't want fucking Brooklyn Beckham as my son. Brooklyn Beckham is deranged. I mean, maybe my son will wind up that way and I'll be like people in glass houses or whatever, but I hope not. But anyway, I just thought the story was so well told. And I love, like, I didn't know anything about what's the guy's name? Sir Alex. Alex Ferguson. Never heard of him. What a character. When my dad was a local taxi driver, Alex Ferguson called the taxi firm and said, never send that man to pick me up again. That is so great. He, he deliberately drove past Manchester City's ground. And this was when he was considered to be mentally well. <laughs> um, did you like seeing um, your own relationship to money reflected, but in a large scale way? Because he's a working class boy who, whenever he gets paid, he goes out and spends it. He'd get a check I mean, he for can't 50. Do it, he can't do it now. No. But when he was playing for Manchester United, he'd get his 50 grand and go out and spend 50 grand. And he would actually go, what can I get for 50 grand? Oh. <gasps> I want your parents to watch that documentary so they understand it's not just me. It's all poor boys. Not poor, working class, sorry. I think another way in which he's like me, as well as his poor relationship with money, is he'd talk about when he was playing for Manchester United, he'd drive for four hours to London to see her for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, you would do versions of that one. You would come to see me in New York, you sweetie. And then you'd go off somewhere and leave me in your flat. That didn't happen that much. I feel like that happened one time. Once, when you were moving to the UK, you decided you were going to... Sell off the contents 
of your apartment. I never, I never love this story. Because it's indicative of a mental breakdown. It shows something about how deranged I am. So what this was, is Sarah went round her flat and put a price sticker, a handwritten price sticker, on everything. Some of it was furniture. Some of it was half-used rolls of wrapping paper. I know. Everything. Then, did you place an ad somewhere? On Craigslist. On Craigslist. Telling people to come to the indoor yard sale. But... You had a wedding to go to, so so you left me there alone to be custodian. But I think it, show, it shows how deeply in love with me you were that you would do that. And and I think David Beckham would have done that for He her. would have done it for Victoria. I think he's very in love with her, and I think that's real. What I think they barely scratched the surface of, which to me is the most interesting thing, is I can't think of anyone who predates them that commodified their life in quite the same way, which now is the norm and the the Kardashians are the pinnacle of it. There was a bit of that, but in some ways that's the most interesting thing about them in that they saw that coming. Yeah. Oh, there was a bit of celebrity culture in this when they moved to LA. Oh, and do you remember the line where she goes, um, LA is like therapy for famous people? And I was like, you need a new therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's going to be some better therapy for what you've got going on out there. Some of the stuff... With the UK paparazzi was quite harrowing. More or less harrowing than when everyone would chant in a stadium, Posh Spice takes it up the ass. I feel like there are worse things you could say about someone. I genuinely think about people who really like taking it up the butt when she was saying that. And do you think they felt slut-shamed? Yeah. Or butt-shamed? Yeah, I think they did feel butt-shamed. She just shouldn't have gone to the games, all right? (laughs) And And it's hard for him because if he wants to be her lover... (laughs) He has to get with what's the really bad one's name, Jerry Hallowell. Yeah. Um... Look, I just loved it. Have you watched Beckham? What did you think? Yes, actually, that's. I'd really, 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 really like to know what other people thought of it. Also, what is the all-access documentary that you would like to see? And in particular, what would you like access to? I'd like to see a fucking real documentary about Beyonce and Jay-Z. Not the fucking homecoming bullshit, which was wonderful, but like real. You can't, you can't get in with Beyonce. You can't find her anywhere. I spent a lot of time on her mom's Instagram page to try and get some juice that way. But, and, and you do, you learn some stuff. But Beyonce herself, the queen, let me in. I'd like to see at home with Taika Waititi and Rita Ora. Oh, that would be fabulous. What are they talking about while they're eating the tea? I feel though that you're being a little, like you're wasting an opportunity a bit because the Louis Theroux documentary with Rita Ora, Taika comes in at one point. So you do get a bit of that. Yeah, I yeah. I think it it gives you a little something. Okay, scratch that. I've got a better documentary idea. Yeah. Nepo Baby Audit, where a team of accountants go in and Shut look at the face. adult children of famous Shut people your fucking and face. go through the income and expenditure. Oh my God. And we see if there is a single one that is paying their rent on their own dime. Oh my God, but also like spouses. Like, are, are, are any of these people making a contribution in the black? They will c- be. Compared they, to they, what they're spending. But but they will be because, to go back to the Brooklyn Beckham thing, he's too much of a punchline. But but he's generating all this money as an influencer. But take, for example, um, Bob Dylan's son, Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan had a major hit. Yeah, and do you think that's still paying for his lifestyle 20 odd years later? It wasn't the hit here. 
So do you think he just invested the money from that hit and lives a prudent life off the proceeds? No, no. So, so is it like Connor asking Logan Roy for money or does Jacob Dylan have a credit card that's attached to his dad's bank account? Does Bob Dylan pay Jacob Dylan's medical insurance? Oh my God, yeah, that would be that would be incredible to get to know that. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Give us your idea for uh, an all-access documentary and what do you want access to? Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. And coming up next, what a guy. What a guy. Did you want him to hold you? He is tall, isn't he? Yeah, he's but statuesque. I but I don't think of him as a big, tall man in quite the same way. You want to you want to be reaching up to their necks. You I want to be, be a, like a, a, child, a toddler wanting a child to be picked up, up for daddy. which you get with someone like a Greg Davis. Uh-huh. But We're... yes, I'd, I'd, I'd like to um, nuzzle into Jamali's chest and, and have him tell me that everything's going to be okay. I think he would do that for you. You're in for a treat. He is so great. Coming up next from Nevermind the Buzzcocks, Jamali Maddox. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. very wise with all your television money no you're not wise with your money do you know what though i'm wise in the sense of i know my limits so i will buy shit in the hundreds uh-huh. but i don't fuck with the thousands okay do you know what i mean like yeah. so i'll buy actually no i've only bought one thing that i think is dumb i bought like a gold watch yeah you do know? you ever wear it I mean, I wore it once or twice, but you can't really be wearing no. gold watches in London. People cut your hand off with a machete. <laughs> I don't, I don't need, I don't need kids on a moped right, right. trying to cut my hand off. But um, I like really kind of tacky gold jewelry stuff. If if like, like huge money rings. came, could you see yourself really going for? Yeah, it I'd ruin that? my life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm that guy. I would ruin my life. I've, like Mister uh, Mister T amount of jewelry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, I, would, I would, I would get neck problems. No, I could see myself losing all my money. But yeah, I buy all the shit my mum wouldn't let me have when I was a kid, like air rifles, samurai swords. So you're into your house, does it look like an armory then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my office does. So what, is it on the wall? Yeah, I had it on the wall. It fell down because I stuck it wrong, but I had, yeah, on the wall. I've got like... I, buy, like, <laughs> I love the combination of poor DIY yeah, 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 and samurai. Yeah, DIY, yeah. And I buy like, my favourite thing to do is uh, go in car boot sales. 
What have you found? I found a plate that was from a prison because it had the HMP mark in it. I think that was pretty cool. I bought a big photo of King Haile Selassie <laughs> in like a wooden frame. <laughs> Uh, well, like, yeah, it's buy shit like that. I'll, I'll, I'll always buy shit at the car boot. I love buying tap. If someone just yeah. knocked on your door and you weren't expecting visitors, yeah, <laughs> fucked, right, right. fucked. <laughs> and what would what would their reaction be? Like you, you were a chronic hoarder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've got hoarder vibe. I think if I didn't have such a social life, I'd be a hoarder. Like if my career goes bad and people turn on me, like my friends, turn, I'm, sure. I'm, yeah, it's going to be bad for old J Dog. Okay, but you know what I'm noticing with you is you've got these like, um, you actually seem quite under control. Yeah. But like, so you're like, I'm not great with money, but whatever my misbehavior is that happens, yeah. happens in the hundreds. Like, yeah, yeah, you've got these very... i got safeguards. You've got these little safeguards, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. your feeling is that they're keeping you from like a complete yeah. breakdown. Well, I'm, I'm, I think in my essence, I'm an addict, isn't it? It's like I had to stop eating sugar recently. I've got diabetes in my family and I eat, I will eat like cake for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So you've got Jaffa cakes in the house. How many? I, I, I'll finish the pack in one sitting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just so, have to. Sarah is somebody yeah. who there can be a, a bar of chocolate in yeah, the cupboard yeah, downstairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. She can eat one or two scones nah, a night mad. for a week. You're mad. How do you do it? Moderation is my addiction. <laughs> <laughs> But that is sort of that is sort of true about me actually. Like yeah, so but then I if, if I can't moderate, yeah. I go crazy yeah, 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 yeah. if I if I'm not able to tick all my different little boxes that yeah, need ticking yeah, in a yeah. day. How often yeah. do you disgust yourself? Like disgust like may, be disgusted. Like with myself. food or or, or oh, whatever it is. Daily. Yeah? Yeah. But, but I you're I, such a manicured person in your way, Jamal. I honestly, and this is the thing, is I've just got a haircut recently. Like for me to look like a crackhead or to look like an, a well-together person in society is just how long ago I had a haircut. <laughs> like, if you saw me with my hair fucked, you'd be like, I'm not letting this person in my house. You'd be yeah. like, you know, they do those makeovers on, like, homeless people and it turns yeah, yeah, out they're, yeah, like, yeah. sort of hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I came with no haircut, you'd be like, oh, um, uh, should we just do it on Zoom? What like, happened yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. What happened to him? Yeah, yeah. You know, you keep saying, like, um, oh, if, if all my friends left me or if the work dried up. Uh-huh. How real are those fears for you? I always feel like they're going to take this away. Like, <laughs> you know, I never really was good at anything. And I never really felt successful at anything except being a little shit. So now, even as an adult, there's still a voice in the back of my head that goes, oh, you're going to get found out. Oh, someone's going to watch this tape of comedy and they're going to go, wait, wait, wait. So have we been giving this guy work? Like, what, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? How does your mom feel about your job? I, I think at the beginning she was worried mm-hmm. because I think she has this son who he comes home and he says, I'm going to do comedy. Because the thing about stand-up is it's hard to do and it's hard to get into and it's hard to become a pro. But there is a way, there is a formula to it. You mm-hmm. kind of, you do open mics, you do some comps, you try to get, do you know I mean, there is a pathway, I yeah. think. There's more of a pathway than I think we let on because we want to protect the business. But if you just say that and you don't know that, it sounds like a mental thing to say. Yeah. And I think it's when I did the Live at the Apollo was the first time she was like, oh, you actually do this. Right. And it's actually working out. But I think she's very proud of me now because she loves, you know, doing the setup. With her work friends, she goes, like, you know, talks about kids. She goes, oh, what do your kids do? Oh, yeah, one's a comedian. Oh, who's your... Jamal Maddox. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you might have heard of him. Like, she does all that shit, do you know what I mean? Did she come to your live at the Apollo recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. She comes to... It's funny, though, because my act can be kind of, uh, yeah, spicy, I guess. And she'll come 
and she'll come up. She goes, "You have to speak like this." You know, yeah. She says, yes, mom. It's yeah, my yeah, I know. Yeah, because yeah. you you won't have your family at your gigs. No, oh, wow, well, really? It's, it's not, but it's not a. My parents live across an ocean. It's not a big yeah thing to think about. And I but just, they watch you on YouTube and stuff. I don't have that many clips that I'm that happy with. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, a yeah. real fucking problem these days yeah, with yeah, the way yeah, that things too. have shifted. But um, I don't. I don't put out clips either. Yeah. I think you know having your parents there is so to me feels mm. so vulnerable. Well, I had a bad experience with it. I remember I did the gong show just early on. Oh, my I God. I did the gong show. I got booed off on the, I think, 320. And I come off stage and my mom was there. Oh, no. <laughs> she had come to surprise me. And I remember driving back on the ride home. And my mom's husband was like, you know, trying to be motivational. And then he's like, you know, you'll get him next time. My mom's like, have you ever thought about radio? And I was like, oh, that easy transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just change career just and just go do radio. Yeah, because they just let me walk in, innit? But this is, but, I just um, think for people who don't do it, like... You cannot imagine mm. how much of a fucking king mm. you can look like one night. Yeah. And then the next night, like yeah. an idiot yeah, 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 yeah. who deserves no place up there at all. Because I always thought like out of all of the businesses of showbiz, I think comedians are the ones I want to chat to the most. Because I think there is a humbling moment you get more often. Like there's been times where I've bombed every show for a month. You yeah, are... Yeah. Fucking, you better humble yourself, bro. <gasps> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's laughing. It, I had a spate of that this weekend. You know like Friday, I mean, Saturday yeah. night. And just... you, hum, you got to humble yourself, bro. You got to go home, yeah. drink some green tea, yeah. and, realize, and then get yourself together, bro. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Where, like, like, you know, like I talked to like musicians, and they were like, you know, it's just, yeah, my stuff's just really, you know, it's quite forward thinking. And it, <laughs> you know how, I mean? yeah, how badly can it go? For, I, I think that's about a lot of other. What, people booing you? Yeah, for a musician. How oh, badly can it go oh, for a man. musician? Or an actor. I guess someone throwing sank at them, but it's, but it's not as it's not yeah, as bad as the silence no, of people not. No, at and you, I think the sank about that that makes me gel more with those people. When you talk about that clip stuff, as somebody yeah. who like with a stand-up obsessive, does it feel like a butchering of the medium to you when you I, see it cut down to like thirty-second clip? If it was just putting out a joke because it's good, people watch it, cool. But it's not. Some people's brains, like a lot of these younger people, their brains can't watch you for a minute unless this camera's shaking and there's like a split video with someone making a fucking omelette <laughs> on the side while I'm trying to tell my fucking pussy joke. Like it just, it fucking does my head in. But also if you think to, of the man. people that you think are the masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of those yeah. could be cut down to the oh, tubs, sorts of clips that you're talking about? It's, always, it's the same of like, I listen to vinyl. And I don't just pick a song I like, because it's hard to move that needle to the right part. It's hard. So I listen to the whole album and, and I realise, oh, they've actually put songs in certain places for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just a combination of songs on a thing. And if, if someone's wrote an hour show, they've put jokes in certain places for a certain reason. You're building up, you're dropping down, you got this bit, you got, you got a callback, you got all of that. And I don't like just the idea of art in general or anything just being cut down. There's one thing on YouTube that I see where it's someone talking about a movie and there's a voiceover explaining what happens in the whole movie and it's like an AI voiceover it and then he does this and then he does that and it basically shows you what happens in the whole movie. Jamal, you're not talking about that thing for the visually impaired, are you? Is it? <laughs> they have a thing where they audio describe nah, it. Nah, this is on TikTok. It might, oh, right, it. Right. And if it is for them, they shouldn't know. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> the, the medium of movie ain't for you then, bruv. No, I, no, it's the, no, it's not. I don't think it's that, but I'm worried that it is. 
I'm worried that. But if they're visually impaired, why are they on TikTok? <laughs> well, how do you how do you watch film? How do you watch things generally? Oh, I've got a pretty decent telly. Yeah, yeah that's how you know I grew up working class. Yeah, I've yeah. got a big telly. That's why push people don't like big I tellies. Know, I know. My mother. Yeah. I mean, we're not posh, but we were very middle yeah, class. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother, she found this like piece of furniture where she could pull no, she a... had it made she had a oh, cupboard had made, made with a door that closes on is the tv yeah so that the tv wasn't out in the living room whereas yeah. you know in, in our house it was just on it was the center of the thing yeah like i that... grew up watching telly like telly was the biggest thing in but that's life. another class signifier yeah. so posh people you go around the house and the telly goes off yeah yeah yeah, yeah like working yeah, class yeah, people yeah. The, the the telly is the focal point yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the conversation sort of drifts in and out of what's on the it telly does. it yeah. does really drift yeah. in and out and it's sort of guided by that thing the news might pop on my mum tried everything to punish me she would try fucking grounding me you know try to smack me try everything and nothing worked but banning me from watching telly I nearly called Childline <laughs> that, that was the step too far for me what's the first stuff that you remember as thinking oh this is comedy I like comedy um probably Paramount comedy and they used to do live at the comedy store. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it would be like fucking Tom Stayed. And it would be like uh, Paul Chowdhury. And he used to do Al Pacino impressions and shit. And like that. Uh, in terms of stand-up, that wasn't stand-up. I kind of liked... Um, my grandma used to have all these like... Um, would watch old stuff. And I used to like the Two Ronnies and shit. Only Fools and Horses was always a thing on my house. My mum banged Friends. Like my mum, I've seen every episode of Friends, and I've I don't. I've never like seen it. an entire. Episode I've of seen Friends. every single wow. episode because my mum would just have it on constantly. Like she just, it was just background noise. For and her. did you like it, or did you think it was a mum program? It was a mum program. Like <laughs> okay. I mean, if I'm watching a show, like there'll be times like, I remember I was dating a girl and she watched Love Island. And I thought I'm gonna fucking watch this shit, but by the f- second or third time you're watching it. Yeah, you kind yeah. of get into the storyline of what's going on, isn't it? You know what I mean? After you've just bothered her eight million times, saying, who's that? But why she say that? Who's this? Then after you'd be like, nah, man, she treacherous. Like, you get into it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Have you ever seen anyone watching you on television? Like on a phone on a bus or anything or like, like that? Or like going through the neighbourhood and like Taskmaster's on oh, and you nah, were on? nah, nah, nah. And I do like looking through people's windows, but no, oh, I haven't. It? It's a fuck. Yeah, I'll look. Like I'll, dusk is the perfect yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I suppose you live in your life. No, um, yeah, I do, I do. But I, um, I, I haven't actually. How much do you think about the work once it's done? So panel shows, like something like a Buzzcocks. Are you watching it back? Are you thinking about how you've come across? Yeah, 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 yeah. For Are days. You? And especially like, there's things I've said on this podcast where I will think about it for four days and I go, oh, fuck, what are they going to, you know what I mean? It's just, I just, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, get, yeah. I do get anxious about it. Um, and I sort of had to stop doing that thing of Google it, like going searching my name on Twitter. I had to stop doing that. Good. What was the compulsion behind you doing that? I think people praising you and people dissing you are both equally kind of as damaging. I, I did like these documentaries where I interviewed Nazis and that level of stuff, what people would say to you, the other stuff doesn't bother me as much, but I just know it's not good for me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, dude, but isn't it the case okay, that if somebody's a Nazi and, and yeah. they're saying something to you on Twitter, you can just instantly discount it because they're a Nazi. Yeah. Whereas somebody who seems to have like good taste in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah, I think it was just because the level of abuse I got. 
Yeah. Like I was, I, I only up until recently, I stopped getting death threats. What does that yeah. do? Like when you, when, when you get like really fucking vile stuff, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. death threats, and then you look at these people, you, you do your research and you see them at a barbecue with their wife yeah, and yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 What's yeah. that feel like? Like, I'll be honest with you, they've always got a very uh, ugly family. And you kind of go, oh, yeah. Because you, you you know what I mean? You go have this, but, and everyone's just a loser. You know what I mean? You've got loser kids, your wife's clapped. And you go, yeah, of course you hate your life. Do you know what I mean? Like you're trying to like fate of smile as you eat a shit burger from your fucking ugly wife. And you go, yeah, that's why. <laughs> That's <laughs> why you're so mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't, you know, I kind of have empathy for them. Like, oh, fuck me. What a mess God. your whole life is. But presumably when that when that started, okay, yeah. the first time you get a death threat that doesn't yeah. just s- seem like words. Yeah. And then, like, over time, do you just think, I mean, how yeah. do you deal with that over time? Do you know what, though? I think growing up in the ends made me realise that not most threats are just that. Yeah. But I was never scared of them because it was kind of, one, they lived in America and I'm like, what, are you going to fly over right, here right. Yeah. and get me? And then you also live in a shit state I'm never going. <laughs> oh, Arkansas. What are you going to say? Fuck off. I fuck, I'm coming to Arkansas anyway. Kiss my ass. I don't care. We're going to come Cali and get me. Yeah. All right. And I don't know why I thought I could make a documentary about Nazis and no one's going to say anything. <laughs> like, I don't know why I thought that. But, uh. And is there, is, are you a documentary fan? Is there somebody who you think is yeah, Louis the Theroux. best? That you, Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux. I say Louis Theroux, Nick, Nick Broomfield. He's like a forefather to Louis Theroux and John Robson, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, in, in yeah, some yeah. ways, I think. Yeah, John Ron- I never, I've only seen the Bohemian Grove one. Oh, some of John Ronson's documentaries are, are so brilliant, but they're so hard to find Yeah, now. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, can't, I don't think I've even seen them. Why are you laughing? D- Jeff like, knows John from way back in the day uh. and like, his cross to bears that like he feels he originated something but like i'm just i'm imagining how much this particular conversation would get under john Robinson. oh yeah 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 he, someone like jamal being like that you'd know well, Jack louis through and, oh. and then you film, can't find not, john ronson stuff anywhere it's well, very then, funny and if you if your career was in a position where you're never thinking about paying the bills but you're yeah. only thinking about what you want to do yeah. would it just be stand-ups and documentaries no, it'll be stand-up docs and maybe maybe some writing. So surely you're in a position where people want to hear what your ideas are. Yeah. Is that something you've investigated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the script and then we got to the final and they were like, well, nah, nah, we're not doing this. <laughs> but uh, And like, what world was it in? It was in this world. It was basically talking about... I mean, like Mars. I mean, like, is it... You're oh. talking about crime drama or... Oh, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a dramedy. So it was like comedy with a bit of drama-ish and crime. It's basically stories about guys I grew up with and, like, all my uncles and um, all the stories I'd hear about them and all the magic. I mean, it just feels like there would be an appetite for that, though. Yeah, but it's not always based on what the audience would like. It's what they want to make. How much has, has Buzzcocks or Taskmaster uh, shifted the demographic of your audience base? Yeah, I mean, Buzzcocks kind of know, but I think uh, Taskmaster definitely did. And uh, they're the most devoted audience. And it's the one that, like, I've done shows in America and people come up to me and go, yeah, I love you on Taskmaster. Yeah. Like, I had someone, I did a show in Portland and they flew over from Vancouver. Wow. To watch me because of Taskmaster. And like stuff like that, do you know what I mean? And uh, there was a, it was like the one show I did, that and I think Hate Thy Neighbor were the two shows I did where I saw a difference in tour numbers. Uh-huh. What's a good thing 
yes. on TV yeah. that we haven't seen. Have you seen Four Blocks? No, no, on never, no one's ever said flo- Four Blocks. To I'm gonna us. take my hat off when I say <laughs> wow. this. So, so basically, it's on Prime, and it's about the Arab mafia in Berlin. So it's kind of like Soprano-ish. Of okay. it's about the fact. Yeah, I, think, I yeah. think we're in already. I so. like Arab mafia. Yeah, so it's kind I of like, like Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Two things you like, and it's kind of like about fam- family dynamic. But it's like it sort of touches on the sort of the uh, refugee crisis, and then the, all these people. Now you've lost me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's done. But no, it's honestly like so fucking good. Oh, another thing that I watched the other day is Primal on channel four and it's uh an animation but don't let that put you Sarah's off. Out. Okay, okay, She's keep out. Good. don't let it put you off it won open. a bunch of emmys and stuff and basically it's about a caveman and a dinosaur but no, there's no speech and it's all action and not action how are you doing over there sarah it's just i had such an instant response to four blocks and yeah. now <laughs> such an instant response to primal yeah yeah yeah. but you seem very confident in your it opinion was pri- like primal okay. and it won like a bunch of emmys and stuff in it i have no doubt it's phenomenal yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just so the, I, I the emmys hear... the emmys not bringing you in i thought the emmys some of the shit that they give emmys <laughs> it is a good astounding a good the shit they give emmys it's too. a good point What a darling. Jamali Maddox. Do you want to tell them what happened? We didn't get a selfie together. <sighs> because if something can't be proven on social media, did it, did it even happen? Well, but this is, we got we to put up our posts for the pod, posts for the pod. So I message him. I say, can we come and get a selfie with you? And he's like, okay, I'm on the heading from Liverpool Street now. Do you want to re- meet outside the Overground station? I go, yes, we'll be there in 15 minutes. So I say to you, I was like, all right, stop, stop everything. We're going to hustle. Like, let's get on our bikes and ride to, out to this tube station. So then we're waiting for him outside a station with our bikes, our matching his and her bikes. With baskets. With baskets. I do think something about the bikes knocked us down a peg or two in his estimation. I think we came down a little bit when I had to be like, can we come over and take a selfie with you? <laughs> and then when he actually saw us waiting for him with our matching bikes with baskets, he was like, nah. He was like, you got... And he even said, he was like, you guys, the baskets. We were like, please don't talk about it. And so then we took a selfie. So humiliating, but worth it. For the chat. And we'll have an extended version of that conversation on our Patreon later this week. Okay, first email this week. This comes from Kit. I really like the name Kit. I do. It's so punchy. Makes me think of the car from Knight Rider. Oh. And Kit Curran. Who's Kit Curran? A sitcom about a radio DJ. Oh. It just makes me think of like a happy girl in the 1980s with some nice socks put all the way up to her knees. <laughs> all right, Kit. Dear FC and NC, I hate it when characters snoop in other people's medicine cabinets to add to the drama in some way. Brilliant. Never thought about it. And then I went, oh, my God, yes. And everything I've ever seen forever. Have you ever done it? No, no, I must have done it. It's so something I would do. I, I would just want to know um, like medicines that people are on. But would you be able to identify them? No, but I would try and like remember it. I was at the um the GPs the other day to get a refill prescription and like the real hot mom in our son's class, one of them was there and we were like, hi. And I was like, she was like over me as I was writing in my repeat prescription. I was like, oh, this is for a nasal herpes that gets really bad if I don't medicate. <laughs> like I was just like, you should just know what my medicines are for. So I have to take something for my acne, even though I'm 44. Plus I have a nasal herpes that's been getting worse. My parents wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. 
So finally, I saw a doctor about it, which I'm so glad I did because now I take a pill every day. Anyway, Kit continues. This is always really overplayed completely and involves huffing perfume bottles. Right. That is not how humans behave. And reading names on prescription bottles like they are cracking some kind of code. Kit, I love this whole vibe, but that does feel slightly more familiar to me. But anyway, I think it's really unrealistic and never adds to the story in any way. Respect, Kit. This comes from Jen Daly, who says, I wanted to tell you about what put the poison in. The biggie is Nightmare on Elm Street. What were you thinking, Jen? The Dream Child, which I sneakily watched at a neighbour's house age nine. Oy vey. I think my parents nearly had me sectioned afterwards because I was terrified to sleep for fear Freddy would get me. Oh. So I've never seen any of those films. My brother and sister are quite obsessed with them. But I used to <laughs> love a TV show in the 80s called V, which was about aliens invading the Earth. And they were in humanoid form. Oh, shit. But underneath they were lizards. Oy. Anyway, the guy who played Freddy Krueger, Robert mm-hmm. England, yes. was was the one good alien. Oh. He was, he was a very nice, warm, fun character. So that's the association I have with him. That's so nice. That's so fresh. Jen continues, I was bursting into tears at school and hardly eating. Oh, my honey. parents, My parents had to take turns sleeping on my floor. Oh, honey. And I only started sleeping alone again when my dad showed me a movie that featured Freddie actor Robert England in a normal human role. I think you should watch V. Okay, okay. My husband's got some advice for you, Jen. Why don't you try it? I tried to watch horror films a few more times after this as a teenager. Fuck you, Chucky. <laughs> but eventually learned my lesson that I just cannot handle them. Now even Luther can spook me. You really like a horror film yeah, at I Halloween. Love a horror film at Halloween. Oh, this would be another great write-in. Are you a freaky film buff? I would love to know five freaky dicky films. Freaky dicky man. Oh, and Jen finishes because you know we always want to know where I people are and what they're know doing. Where you are. Jen says, I listen to you guys on my drive home from work in Edinburgh oh. every Tuesday to decompress from my designated office day, and it's just the ticket. One of our favorite cities, I would say. Mm. Jen, I sometimes have this vision that Jeff and I could wind up retired in Edinburgh. Oh, God. I mean, I, I already, in London, where it's a little bit more temperate, spend a lot of the year listening to you moan about the weather. <laughs> All right, Jen, it was so nice to hear from you. And thank you for telling us where you're from. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. I had a somewhat similar experience as a child, which I'll save that anecdote for another time. But I really feel sad for you and your parents. And I can tell that you've mended into a wonderful woman. Our next email is from Jude, who writes, I am persevering through season two of The Bear, and it is very watchable, but God, the romance is so cheesy, just ridiculously so. When they met in the shop, I thought I was going to vomit out my pancreas. And even though Jeremy (laughs) Allen White reminds me of one of those sad, beautiful Greek statues, albeit with clothes on, unfortunately, Jude, listen to me. He he goes on shirtless runs. My friends were telling me this. Google (laughs) Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Allen White running, and it's just him with his shirt off just running. That's never quite my vibe, but I just want you to know that that is out there. Even he has reminded me how miserable, gorgeous boys are a pain in the arse. Thank you both for keeping me entertained, Jude. It's our pleasure, J-Dog. And I don't mean Jesse. Guess what? Also, um, Jeremy Allen White in the recent success of The Bear has left his wife great move i don't understand people i would think if you were having a huge rush of success 
you'd be like, the most predictable thing I can do is leave my wife. So you just don't do it. This is my advice to the celebs. Just fucking don't leave. Just to save face. Just to save face. Stay in a sham marriage. Stay in a sham marriage and give it a couple years. Stick it out. She's the mother of your small child. Just, I'm sorry it's difficult. You travel a lot for work. You're probably not with her that much anyway, okay? If I find out that she left you, then I really apologize. But that still might be indicative that fame has changed you, okay? Maybe it was her who was making him wear a shirt when he went running. Maybe she's like, I know you think people need to see that, but it is annoying. That's how I would feel. And this comes from regular contributor Claire Z, who says, There is one fictional band and fictional song that is above all others. When I watched the movie, that thing you do, I was distracted to the edge of madness, contemplating the insurmountable songwriting task the movie demanded. Hey, could you just write an incredibly catchy but not annoying song, authentic 60s sound, instantly recognisable and sounds like you've known it all your life? Great, thanks. Who completed this feat? I couldn't concentrate on the film. I needed to know what genius did this. I sat through all the credits waiting and of course it was Adam Schlesinger. Mm -hmm. The Fountains of Wayne guy. Yeah, and he did, he like wrote a bunch of music for some Sarah Silverman that, like, he's written all this stuff, and you think he was like an early COVID death. Yeah, he died in pandemic. Really yeah, sad. very sad. Do you know, I've never seen that film. Neither have I. But I've, I've consistently heard people say what great pastiche of well, the era the music Claire's is. Claire's point, like, I've never seen the film, but I have an awareness of like, that, do that thing you do. She says, I think it won a Golden Globe for best song that year. You might have been watching the Golden Globes. Oh, that's very me. But it was a fake best song, which makes the irony quite delicious. Bye. That is that is impressive. Um, a few more recs. So we have Amy Rushton thinks we should watch better things. A few people have told us that we have to watch better things. It's the Pamela Adlon show. So we watched a season of that or maybe, maybe even two. two. Very much liked it. Why haven't we gotten back to it? I don't know. I don't know what happened. But we fell off the horse with it. Because listen, again, Jen thinks we should watch better things. Okay. Jude, I divvied Jude's email up a little bit. Jude thinks we should watch Edge of Darkness and Look Around You. So Look Around You I know and really like. I've not seen it in a long, long time. Don't know if it's for you. It's... A, a spoof of a certain type of BBC science program. It was um, Peter Serafinovich and uh, Olivia Coleman. Right. She says Olivia Coleman is in her greatest role here, and she wants she meaning Jude wants to know what I think of such weird British pastiche. But Jude, he's thinking I won't get into it. He's usually right about this stuff. Sorry. And finally, Sip Away thinks we should watch Class Action Park. Well, Sip Away. Jeff already watched it and you really, really liked it. I really liked it, yeah. I'm also going to read a portion of Sip Away's email because it's very funny to me. Hey, FCNNC. It took me a while to warm up to the new format because of my morning period over succession. I still watch it daily, but I've made progress and have gotten on board. Bitch, you're making me work for you. And I respect that because your love means more than anyone who just loved us blindly. This week, Sarah watched Somebody Somewhere. It's HBO, which means you see it on Sky and Now TV here. I watched Love and Anarchy on Netflix. We watched Beckham on Netflix. And Jamali Maddox watched Four Blocks, which is available to buy on Apple TV and Amazon Prime. And Primal, which is on Channel 4. 
You look like you're ready for bed. Don't say that to them. They could be listening to this at 3pm. Which is usually when I'm ready for my nap, my siesta. Your siesta. Oh my God. Maybe Spain is better for you. I don't like the heat. And you don't like, it's a very meat heavy diet. Yes. And the the vegetarian option is often eggy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do like a nap in the afternoon and I do like to have my dinner very late. Yes. Oh my God. Fiesta, fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, cooking your din-dins, buying your gourds. Has anyone actually gotten on board with a gourd? Maybe there are people who've listened and Google imaged gourd display to see what all the fuss is about. (laughs) You know, when I was growing up, Halloween wasn't as big a thing in the same way. Yeah. So so it was a bit of a thing. And then I feel the film E.T., we saw how you do it in America, in the suburbs. That was the one. and, And things started escalating from that point onwards maybe you could be the et of gourd displays oh yes this podcast needs to then be as sweeping a cultural moment as et i see it for us <laughs> okay listen 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 cuties are you so cute as a bug in a row are you as cute as a bug in a row i have an imaginary patchwork quilt I've known you your whole life, and every year I've saved some of your clothes, and I'm using your clothes to make a beautiful patchwork quilt, and I'm swaddling you. This is how you feel as you leave our podcast today. This is how you're going to feel. I've made you an adult-sized swaddle out of your old clothes that I've been saving since you were a child, unless you had a traumatic childhood and that triggers you, in which case that's not what I've done. I'm just holding you close because you need extra special care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.